All right. Well, good morning once again. As y'all know, I've been excited over these past few weeks getting ready for this season, and here we are. We are here in a wonderful time it is. I won't hold you too long today since we had little extracurriculars in the service, but I do want to point us for a moment to the reason for our season. Amen. If you don't mind, let me indulge. If you would turn to your Bible, to the book of Malachi, the book of Malachi, that's in the Old Testament. Those who don't know, it is actually the last book in the Old Testament. The last book in the Old Testament. And we're going to read from chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. And then I'm going to do something the old saints used to do. I'm going to skip to chapter 4 and read verses 1 through 3. So we're going to jump around a little bit, but it's for purpose. So Malachi, last book of the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 1, reads as thus. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in the days gone by, as in former years. In chapter 4, verse 1, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act says the Lord Almighty. Verse 2, But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. Dear Father God, we come to you now as humbly as we know how, asking you to use this moment to open our hearts, open our minds, and let us receive the message you have for each and every one of us. Use these words, the scripture, to draw us closer to you and the purpose you have for us in our lives. Lord, I ask that you consecrate me now by the power of your grace so divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and let my will be lost in thine. It's in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. If you were here last week, we talked a very practical sermon, right, about how to make the most of this season in your spending, 
We're all going to spend a lot of money. We're going to try to make people happy with their gifts. So I gave a message trying to show us how to cut some coupons and find the big deals, but in a spiritual way. And hopefully some of you were blessed by my tips and pointers. So this week, to keep in our theme, I thought I'd give another practical message to help you all in another duty that we do in this time of year. Don't know about you, but my wife has a big card collection and a card for every season. So if you have a birthday coming up, she's got about a couple hundred of those to choose from. If you've got Easter time, she's got a couple hundred of those to choose from. And Christmas time, she's got a couple four or five hundred of those to choose from. But it is a time where we reach out to those that we haven't thought of maybe all year long. But it's Christmas time. It's a time of family. And we think of those. We want to reconnect. We want to let them know how we're doing. Right? We send the card with the family and everybody looks perfect in the picture. You're not going to pick the one where the kids are pulling your hair and picking their nose. You're going to pick that one that looks exactly how you want everybody to see you. And it's a beautiful time. So I thought I would give you some tips of how to best use that message to let people know exactly how you are doing this holiday season. So the three things I want to use, and they're very practical things. First, you have to know who. You have to know what. And finally, you have to know why. See, there's a lot of ways we can send these messages. We can do a mailer, we can do an email, and now you can have video chat, or like one of our family members loves to use the jib-jab. I don't know if you've seen those. You know, you put your face and you look all crazy and your mouth is moving. No, nobody knows these? Okay, Google it, it's funny. <laughs> However you choose, maybe a text message, but you have to be careful with those because they have a lot of uh, kind of after effects, side effects, if you will. I couldn't believe this. I was reading, and they have actual conditions from texting. You can be, have textophrenia. Anybody heard of this? Textophrenia, which basically means you have the feeling or thinking that you have a message, but you don't. So you're constantly looking at your phone, thinking, waiting, but there's nothing there. And you can have PTSD from text messages. Didn't know this one either. But apparently you can be so much on your phone that you start hurting yourself, running into things as you're walking, tripping, or maybe in your car. May hope you're not that person, but we've all seen them, right? Who's just driving along, just as good, and just doing this number. So hopefully you're not that category. But then you have reports. Japan has a report about monster thumbs. Have you heard this one? Where you text so much that your thumbs are over-enlarged. And you have to ice them down on the regular. So hopefully we're not in any of those categories. But we do want to look at the message and who it's from. So if we look in the scripture, it's the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. And most prophets, as Malachi was, are there to give a warning to God's people, as Malachi was. He was trying to show them that they were in a situation that was not pleasing to God. See, they had already been held captive. They had their new Jerusalem. They had their new city, and they had messed that up the first time. And so God burned that down, and they got all sent into captivity. 
in the Babylonian captivity, and then God saved them from that and said, okay, I'm going to let you go back this time, give you another chance at this. And this second time around, they went in and they kind of did the same things. They took it for granted. Like if someone bought you a house, you didn't have to work for it, you didn't earn it, but they gave you this house, and here you are in this beautiful house, and you're going to buy all this stuff and put it inside the house, but then you forget about that person who bought you that house. Nothing in that house says thank you to that person who gave you the house. And this was the leaders at this time. They were letting all other idols come in and worship. God had clearly told them time and time again, don't do that. And so Malachi is trying to warn them, you're doing it again. There's going to be consequences. But instead of giving you the fire and brimstone version, which is most prophets' version of the story, he uses the end of Malachi to give them something a little different than the other prophets. He, gives, he ends it with a message of hope, a message of saying, I know you've messed up. All throughout this book, you've been disappointing me. But as I end this testament, I want to let you know that I'm going to send a messenger. And this messenger is going to prepare the way for my truth to come to this world. And that was a message of hope. See, he was saying that even in the midst of our grace, in the midst of our forgiveness, in the midst of God giving us his glory, his prosperity, that we can still mess up and he will look at us and say, okay, I'm sending you a message. Now we could say simply, oh, the message is the Bible. We have the Bible. We can open the Bible. It's the word of God. It's a message that does redeem us. It speaks of salvation how we deal with this worldly situation we find ourselves in. But in this scripture, he's talking very specifically about John the Baptist, who was going to come and prepare a way. See, after Malachi is written, God goes silent. For 400 years, the people of Israel, the children, don't hear anything from God. They're on their own, so to speak. But he leaves them with the who, a messenger, is going to come and prepare a way. We understand John's purpose. We understand why John came. He had a very simple message to repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. But we find ourselves a lot of times so busy in what we're doing, that we don't get the message. And in this season, if you get nothing else today, in your busyness, in your to-do list, which we all have, let us not forget the messenger. Who is the one who we should be listening to? It's not the guy on the TV giving us the news. It's not the 
next test message, a notification coming through, letting us know what's happening. There's one messenger who we should always be in tune to, who we should always listen to. See, it's entirely possible to do the work of the Lord without being connected to the Lord of the work can be here doing all the things that we know to do. And they're not bad things. They're all good things. Preparation, diligence. But why? Who? That's the reason for the season. Earlier this week, I got a text from one of our congregants who texts me every once in a while, but it was very early in the morning. And he, she does text me quite early in the morning, quite a bit. But it was like, you know, are you up? And it was kind of a, you know, SOS. I felt an urgency. And so I, I text back. I said, hey, what's going on? Everything okay? And they were like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm just so in love with the Lord, I can't stand it. Now that just blessed my heart. Because I'm thinking, you know, what's, what's going on? It's, a, it's another thing something to do, Some, someone has a need, no problem. But she was just pointing me to the reason for my day, the messenger, the who. So when we know the who and we're getting ready to send out our messages, we have to know what kind of message we want to send. Is it going to be a happy message, a remorseful message, sad, contemplative, sympathetic, we should make sure above all else that it's a truthful message, that it's a message that rings true. See, in the scripture, Malachi is trying to tell them that there is a messenger coming, and this messenger is paving the way for what? For a truth. See, he says, who can stand when he appears? This, this truth person for he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Now, that doesn't sound so good. It doesn't sound like someone we want to meet that's going to set things on fire and start cleaning up everything. Well, I, I like the clean part, but, you know, setting things on fire. But he's saying something obviously not exact. See, a raw metal, if you take a refiner, when he puts the metal through a fire, he's refining it, the heat starts to melt away the impurities. And as they separate through that fire, the impurities rise up to the surface and he skims them off, which leaves just that pure metal that they pull out. And as they pull out that metal, it's almost, if you think of a sword, when they're refining the sword, then the, the purities come up from the fire and they scrape that away and they pull out that metal and you look at it and you can see your image, in that glistening metal. And it's the same as us. When God puts us through our fires, through our trials, things that we struggle with, things that just won't leave us alone seemingly, he's trying to purify us, wipe away the impurities. Why? So we can see not our reflection, but his reflection. We can truly begin to see not us, 
and not who we are. We see that all the time. We look in the mirror, we see ourselves, we think about who we are, we analyze ourselves, we're our own worst critics. But he's saying, wipe all that away. I want to refine that. Because all that is just wallowed up in sin. But when you take that away, when you wipe away self, you begin to see that you're a child of God. That the spirit that's moving in you, this spirit that you accepted, this Christ that you want to follow, is trying to shine who he is through us. And it's no mistake that this season we have this overwhelming sense of wanting to give. An overwhelming sense of compassion, thinking of those who are less fortunate. Why? Because the reason for the season is this Christ child preparing the way to come into a world that is so overwhelmed with itself so lost in who we are and what we want and what we're doing that we had to have a savior to save us from ourselves. A sense of giving. Why giving? Because when we're giving, we're not thinking about ourselves, are we? If you're feeling down and you feel like things just aren't going the way you want them to do, think about somebody else. And better yet, do something for somebody else. And watch how that makes you feel. Turns it right around, doesn't it? That's the what. What is it? It's the giving. It's the preparation. It's the surrendering who we are and the acceptance of who Christ is in our lives. He says, surely the day is coming where it will burn like a furnace and all those arrogant and evildoers will just be stubble. That's not who we want to be. We don't want to be those arrogant evildoers. We want to be vetted through. We want to go through the fire. We can't be afraid of what God is trying to do in us. We can't run from the sacrifices he's asking us to make. We should step right into it. And in stepping into those things, the struggles, how am I going to get through it? That's when God lifts us up and gives us that spirit to overcome the things that we don't know how we're going to get through. He has prepared us for the fire. So we have to know the proper what. Is it Merry Christmas? Happy Hanukkah? Happy Kwanzaa? Happy New Year? It's thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. It's thank you, Christ, for giving me a life worth living. It's thank you, Lord, for giving me a purpose when all I could think about was things for myself. But here you've shown me another way of being, a salvation that I claim as my own. So we know who, we know what, and we know why. We all know why we're doing this. That's why we're here today, because we want to praise him. You know, my wife calls him baby Jesus all the time, and I kind of get upset because I'm like, you know, he's a grown man, <laughs> paid his dues, and now sits at the right hand. 
But it's the imagery. A baby. Helpless. Needy. Born in a manger. Humble beginnings. But yet, in that vulnerable state, the most vulnerable state that we have, the Savior of the world, with all power in his hands. And not that he was going to use that power in the way that we think, or the way the disciples thought, or all those following him thought. No. No. The power of surrendering himself, giving his life. Not the power of rule, the power of sacrifice. So as we prepare, Liz comes forward, and Rick, come on, Rick, I'll get out your way, bro, come on. Or is Liz, you just playing? Awesome. As we do prepare, we remember that we must revere one name, the name of Jesus, and that the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. What a beautiful picture. We're all sick. Trust me. The human condition is a sickness. So we need healing. As we look for our healing in our Savior, and we have received that healing from our Savior, let us wipe away ourselves and shine the light of Christ to those that we come across this holiday season. When you go into the stores, relax, take a breath. If you don't get what you're looking for, it's okay. But share the love of Christ because those other people in that store are just as frustrated and anxious. They need some healing this season. They're yearning for a savior. So we know the joy we know who, we know what, and we know why. So let's share it this season. Joy to the world. Amen? Amen. Amen.